When I was asked to host this show today for Jeff MacArthur, I was talking with the staff in the background, Mary and everybody, who've been so fantastic to me. And I said, is there one guest in particular that you'd want me to circle with a Sharpie and just make sure that we have a good time? And she didn't even blink. Mary said, wait till you have a conversation with Dr. Gorfinkel. And I said, this is great because I've got a lot of questions right now. I'm getting ready to do some traveling. I unfortunately scroll in the wee hours. I'm that guy at 12 o'clock in the morning that's kind of got the glow on his face because he's still looking for news on his phone. But I am joined by the aforementioned Dr. Iris Gorfinkel, vaccine researcher, founder of Prime Health Clinical Research. Uh, Dr. Gorfinkel, it is my pleasure. How are you this afternoon? Many thanks for having me, Rob. I'm doing great. Good. Well, let's get right into it because, you know, if I was to stay on the phone until one in the morning, my head would explode because there's so much information and misinformation out there um, about things that are relevant to all of us right now. One of the things that I think I just kind of sat back in my chair and said, oh, not another thing to worry about is monkeypox. The cases are rising in Canada and they're rising in a couple of other countries. The uh, World Health Organization getting ready to have an emergency session next week to discuss the next steps. So I guess in just layman's terms, let's get to the numbers first and foremost before we get into what this is. But what are the case numbers now uh, when it comes to both globally and here in Canada? So if you look around the world, it's quite incredible. We're looking at some 1,600 confirmed cases and 1,500 suspected cases. And why, like, so we've got billions and billions of people. So why would that be a big deal? It's the doubling time that makes the World Health Organization take notice, and Health Canada for that matter. Consider that one week ago today, we had about 80 cases. Now we're pushing 150. It may be 160. It's hard to keep track. But the key is it's doubling, and it's doubling fast. And that makes a lot of us ask the question, should we be ramping up testing? Should we be ramping up vaccination and have isolation policies in place? The whole idea is containment is easier when it's done early and aggressively. Now, this isn't another COVID-19, but it is another infection that is raised. The case numbers are raising and they're rising quickly. Doctor, do you think because we've got the COVID hangover that people aren't really looking at monkeypox with maybe the uh, urgency that they need to just because, gosh, we've just been through two years of a pandemic. Now you're going to layer on a, a, another virus or another challenge for us. Do you, do you think that maybe that's a hindrance? Well, this, isn't, this is a matter of increasing awareness. Ask me. You've been a family doctor for 30 years. How many cases have you seen? Answer, zip all. So it's an education. It's an education for patients. And what makes monkeypox challenging is that it, it can actually be asymptomatic. So how are we going to pick out these cases unless we're doing random testing in certain patient populations, especially men who have sex with men? That is where the concentration of cases in Canada so far has been. But we're not doing that. So right now we have to, you know, we're largely relying on doctors like myself to recognize the disease. And there is an overlap there because initially it can cause fever, chills, and sweats. And, of course, the first thing that's going to come to mind is COVID-19 or mm -hmm. is it some other influenza or some other virus. And the answer is, well, monkeypox kind of has to be on that list. The lesions can be small. They might not be. They're not like the pictures you see of people in Africa with 
pox all over their body and faces. A lot of the times it can concentrate in very small areas like the mouth or genital around the anal area. So, you know, or, or they may not have many lesions at all. So it just, we just have to have a high level of suspicion in order to test for it specifically. You had mentioned the transmission and where a majority of them are right now. Do you feel that perhaps that is a challenge for, you know, the gay community and the fact that right now the numbers are a little more prominent there? Is that a challenge in the fact that maybe certain people are are, are saying, well, that won't happen to me? Because to me, that's a non-factor. I mean, maybe that's where some of this is uh, centralized, but I'm hoping that everybody takes this serious with the equal amount of urgency. Well, let's face it. Since last May, Canada has given out 1,600 vaccine doses. And, and so we're trying hard to you know, make sure that we keep that really minimized. But even with that vaccination effort, we've still seen case numbers double. And that is concerning. Is it, you know, it should not be considered a gay disease. We know this, this disease goes from animal population to humans and back. So that's a serious problem. And we also know that it's spread through big droplet spread. So it's not spread through aerosols. We don't think that. But it is spread through close contact and bed sheets and things like that, towels that can spread it. So all close contacts have to be considered for vaccination. These are of confirmed cases. You know, so the, the whole question will be, will Canada, if case numbers continue to rise at this level, will we actually have enough vaccine to go around? That's a whole other question. Now, Canada has ordered some 500,000 doses. That's enough to vaccinate 250,000 people because you need two shots each. But, you know, it's going to take a number of years before we get that kind of vaccine in. So we have to be very judicious about whom we give that vaccination to. Very wise words. All right, let's take our break here. Stay with me, doctor, because when we come back, I want to ask you about these mask mandates that are uh, coming to an end here in the province, at least for now. I mean, we'll talk about what's going on at the airport. And if I'm, you know, going to work and starting to go back on public transit, should I be concerned or maybe I should just take a breather? Hold that thought, because when we come back more with Dr. Gorfinkel and uh, more of your thoughts as well. I'm Rob Fay filling in for Jeff MacArthur. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.